Welcome to Theosophia, a podcast for women's voices in theology. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth Smith. If you love and appreciate Theosophia, consider donating to our Patreon campaign by visiting patreon.com slash Theosophia. Today's episode two with Army Chaplain Jennifer Lane. We chat about her life as a woman serving in the United States Army, as a chaplain charged with nurturing the living, caring for the wounded, and honoring the fallen. Here's Jen. Well, let's get into the second half of this, Jen, and I want okay. I want folks to learn about um, what it's like being an army chaplain and being a, a woman doing this work has got to be pretty crazy and awesome, right. <laughs> but challenging. And yeah, um, where would be the cool or what would be the best place to start? Um, perhaps just what's an average day day in the life like for you and i know i know things that i've i've been interested in are like what what is it like being in a male space a lot of the time i mean sure. i know you know i'm a i'm a coach a lot of my life right now a coach and a teacher but mm-hmm. i definitely coach males most of the time and i've coached with males mm-hmm. a lot of the time um mm-hmm. and it comes with its own unique challenges but you're in like a system that's been you know, historically all male and, um, so yeah, what, what is your life like? What has it been like as a woman? And just, let's just get rolling. I'm sure we're going to go so many great places. Yeah. And, and I can start with a little bit of the history. So, you know, I didn't even know our own history before two weeks ago. So we had a all forces so army navy coast guard air force everybody got together reserves national guard Mm -hmm. um female chaplain conference in baltimore maryland at a kind of secluded uh catholic nuns retreat center actually bon secours it was wonderful and some of our endorsers and our retired and current high-ranking females so generals um o6s you know, Fulberg criminals. There's not very many of them I discovered, but they helped make it happen. And then actually a couple of, um, there were some male chaplains and retired chaplains there too that helped make it happen that were with some organizations that helped support it. So that was really great. They talked to us about our history mm-hmm. and the history was in the room, right? So the mm-hmm. first female chaplains in our branches were in the room with us, which was wow. just so cool. And, you know, we got to hear the stories right from their mouths. The only book that I currently know of that has been written by a female chaplain kind of about what our lives are like is Janet Horn. Mm-hmm. It was just published last year. It was called Breaking the Camo Ceiling mm. in 2017. Mm-hmm. It's a quick, easy, short, super interesting read. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend that for anyone that's, you know, thinking about um, becoming a female chaplain. Mm-hmm. And she handled it with grace in a way that, you know, I'm not sure I always do, (laughs) but very, very inspiring. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so first I'll tell you just like what about a typical day looks like. So Mm -hmm. the cool thing, kind of like being in ministry, the typical day looks different every single day. So certain things in the military are the same. And, you know, a lot of this is for guys, girls, doesn't really matter. Uh, You know, different branches look different ways. So 
in the army, you know, we all get up about 5 a.m. Typically, you always go to PT at 6.30 or you go to formation every morning. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool because you get you have a job that pays you to go work out. So that's pretty <laughs> awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, so you go on a, on a run together. Maybe you do weights or maybe here in Hawaii, we do a lot of kind of weird, unique PT. So maybe we go to the pool or the beach or do a hike together. Mm-hmm. We get to do some kind of cool off-site stuff here in Hawaii that's uh, pretty atypical in the military, I would say. So, <laughs> um, so this has been pretty awesome. And it depends on which unit you're in, right? So mm-hmm. I'm in aviation, which is kind of known for being maybe a little more chill. And we tend to have pretty educated folks. So mm-hmm. it's a different type of army, I would say, from like if you're with the infantry or artillery. So mm-hmm. my friend Maya Dietz is a female army chaplain here in Hawaii. And she is with artillery. Mm-hmm. And that's a man's profession, right? So she's right. the first female chaplains who have ever been at her unit. <laughs> wow. And, and so, you know, her days, so like when we go to the field, for instance, like we go to the field on the big island where the volcanoes are erupting right now. That's where we do most of our training. And when mm-hmm. aviation goes to the field, you know, we have pretty nice tents, you know, not too dirty, pretty decent. When Maya goes to the field, she's sleeping maybe in her vehicle or underneath a tarp tied to the side of her vehicle. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) So really different from what my day looks like. And then we have, you know, some infantry folks. I deployed with them on a mission called Pacific Pathways. I deployed with the Alaskan infantry. Mm -hmm. Those guys are marching everywhere. Mm -hmm. It was so hot and they were so sweaty and stuff that a lot of times they didn't even wear undershirts. Mm-hmm. That would never happen in aviation. We're not not wearing our our undershirts, you know what I mean? So very, very different days. Um, so we do something called battle rhythm in the Army. So, you know, I have my battle rhythm posted on my door. So it tells you, hey, here's what my week looks like. So uh, typically I'm in the office on these days for a few hours if you need to come find me or, you know, you can call me to set an appointment for counseling. Right. And then because I have so many soldiers, I have 629 soldiers in my battalion. It's a really oh, wow. large, large battalion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So me and my assistant, she's a religious affairs specialist. We kind of break up. Okay. This week, you know, you're going to go visit soldiers in the hangars. I'm going to go visit the um, SSA, which is kind of like a big army FedEx center. If you can mm-hmm. picture that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, she, maybe she'll go visit soldiers in the DFAC, which is like our kitchens. And then I'll go visit soldiers in the motor pool, which is across the street at Schofield Barracks. There's mm-hmm. all these different soldiers to go check in with, see how they're doing, you know, make sure everybody's doing okay. Um, right. Make sure they just know that we're available if they need us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that ministry of presence. Right. So that's, that's a big thing. So the army is different from the other branches. We're called dirty boots chaplains. So we really get out there with our soldiers. So mm-hmm. in the air force, you're assigned more to a chapel. So it's, not typical that you're out getting your boots dirty. Navy, you're on ships, or you can even get sent with the Coast Guard or the Marines on some pretty, you know, what we call HUA assignments, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the Army, we're just right in with our soldiers doing the same kinds of stuff. So when our soldiers are training and going to the ranges, we're doing that. Um, When our soldiers are, you know, cleaning tents because we just got back and they're all muddy, you know, I was out there they didn't really let me spray them. So I don't think they trust me with the, the power sprayer, but I was out there, <laughs> you know? Um, and so we just try to be where they are and be available. Um, our commanders, in the army, a lot of what you do is all about the commander's intent. So it's the commander's religious program. What is, 
what does he want us doing? So it's, I mean, mm-hmm. they're female now too. So uh, mine currently is male, but mm-hmm. so, you know, he'll say chaplain, my intent for the, for the religious support is for you to be in the field or be with the soldiers where they are. Or, you know, I want, I want you to let me know on some trends, you know, what kinds of counseling trends are you seeing so that I can mm-hmm. react. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of a broad overview of, of what we're doing. And then, you know, based on, your command team, who you work with, who's your religious affairs specialist, all those kinds of things can kind of change that thing on if people trust you, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a high level of trust with your team, mm-hmm. um, I'm really blessed right now. I have a really awesome, motivated uh, religious affairs specialist who's amazing. She's only 18 and I'm already telling her she needs to go to West Point. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so that's been wonderful. And then uh, my command team, you know, I'm, I'm close to my command team and they're really supportive of chaplains. So that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not everyone feels that way. You know, you could have an atheist as a commander who would say, ah, chaplain, I'm not so sure what to do with you. <laughs> you know? so, right. Right. So then you have to educate them and let them know what other gifts and skills you have to add to the team, even mm. if, you know, that might not be top of their list for religious support. So right. um, it can be challenging, but you've got to be creative and right. flexible I would say are really important yeah. characteristics. Um, the, the ministry is super different from being a clergy, just regular clergy person on the civilian side. Uh-huh. Uh, you may or may not preach some months. You know, if you're out in the field, you may preach multiple times and have what we call field services and provide communion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in garrison, you may be assigned to a chapel. Uh, you may not. Um, and so, you know, opportunities to preach and kind of teach and lead and do the things we typically do as clergy on the civilian side can be very, very different um, depending on, you know, on what your soldiers need and mm-hmm. and what's asked of you. So wow, it can look very differently. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to be a, a jack of all trades of ministry. Yes. Yeah, yes, you really do. And, and I will say, especially for folks out there who might be thinking about doing this work, it is a lot of counseling. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have the ability to take counseling classes in seminary, Mm -hmm. you know, anytime that you can spend practicing active listening skills, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe even getting a code degree in counseling, I think would be super helpful. Like I would say, skip the biblical Mm -hmm. languages (laughs) Mm -hmm. in counseling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would be be my advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to ask, you know, what do you see, what's the most need the soldiers have um, in terms of your, your specialties? And you would probably say just counseling, just one-on-one, like life stuff. They just needed someone to talk to. Is that what you're seeing? So yes, and more. So yes, because army chaplains have a hundred percent confidentiality. So uh-huh. I'm not sure if who else has that in as far as clergy are, like we are not mandated reporters. If someone tells us they're going to kill themselves or someone else, we cannot tell anyone. We have to keep everything confidential and figure Mm -hmm. out a professional way to deal with it in a way Mm -hmm. where everyone is safe and be creative. Mm -hmm. And as a military chaplain, or at least as an army chaplain, once you lose that confidentiality, I mean, you know, you may as well quit your job because that's kind of the most important thing you have that Mm -hmm. nobody else has. So if they go to, you know, talk to what we have, these MPLAC counselors, we have behavioral health, we have all these other, you know, military one source, we have all these other sources for counseling, 
the chaplains are super unique. We have 100% confidentiality, and then and we try to be creative because we have the area of command teams, and these are our peers. We mm-hmm. have the rank to to talk with them, and um, so yeah, so we can come up with really creative solutions sometimes that can really benefit soldiers. So yeah, just making sure they know that we're available to them. We also do lots of other cool special events and stuff. So we do strong bonds retreats for single soldiers, married, families. So I actually just did one for my leaders this weekend because that's uh, General Milley, who's our head of the Army right now. He mm-hmm. has a real passion right now for checking on our leaders because we've been taking care of the soldiers so much, we kind of forgot, hey, these leaders need some love too, right? Right, right. Self-care. So I just did a big strong bonds leaders retreat this weekend and I actually flew in a Medal of Honor recipient, Sammy L. Davis, who is the um, the person that Forrest Gump was based off. He's the real Forrest Gump. Wow, wow. <laughs> and he's from my hometown. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So I brought him in to kind of try to inspire my leaders. You know, I was inspired by him growing up and I think it really worked. I think he had an amazing impact on them. Um, I mean, I saw people with tears in their eyes talking about what he had to say to them and mm-hmm. how much it touched them. So I, I had four speaking engagements for him while he was here and you got to talk to um, Maya's artillery soldiers because he was an artilleryman. Um, that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. And then we did a launch of our God on Tap ministry, which is a uh, pub theology, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. We do that uh, every Thursday now at this little pub right off post called Chemo's Lanai. So we do that during, um, we call it Tropic Lightning Time, which is what the CG of our base is calling like family time. So you want to kind of spend in some quality time on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So we've got this ministry opportunity. So Sammy came to that and spoke to Mm -hmm. us there. And then I took him to the USERPAC chaplain conference, which was basically all of the unit ministry teams, all the chaplains and religious affairs specialists for all of the Pacific uh, just happened to be in town that week. And so um, I thought it was a really great opportunity for him to be able to maybe inspire all these chaplains. So we had folks from Guam, Japan, Alaska, Mm -hmm. Hawaii, you know, all over the Pacific. And so he came and, and shared with them. And I think they were sort of taken back by how powerful his story was. Mm. And so that was pretty amazing. And then the final event was him, you know, I had kind of a fancy dinner for my leaders at the Sheraton Waikiki and he mm-hmm. came and spoke with them and inspired them. And I had his book called, um, you don't lose till you quit trying. So I had autographed copies for my leaders and Very cool. it was a pretty amazing, powerful week, I think for everyone involved. Yeah, so so yeah, so trying to take care of the ethical and moral and leadership concerns of your unit is also mm-hmm. kind of a side a side gig, you know, pretty big one. So um, yeah, so our, so our main, just to let you know, our main goal as chaplains, our stated goal is to nurture the living, care for the wounded, and honor the fallen. That is mm-hmm. our, you know, our overarching mission and then within that the religious support piece um, the supreme court mandated back in the 80s that chaplains are here to provide for the free exercise religions of all military personnel mm-hmm. so whether or not we can perform it you know obviously i'm a christian pastor i'm not going to be able to necessarily help folks um, like we're just sending uh, ramadan right now so today right, is the right. last day I'm not going to necessarily be able to do great helping my folks with that, but I, I can provide so I can provide space. I can make sure that, you know, if they want to have a big meal today for their festival, maybe I could help them mm-hmm. get that space or something like right. that. Um, so we provide, we provide, uh, you know, 
local clergy or Jewish rabbis that we try mm-hmm. to network with to help if, if we can't do it ourselves. Right. So, right. So a pretty cool part of our job too. That yeah. is cool. That is cool. And there's a lot of moving pieces. That's why I said it's very interesting. You have to be yeah. very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, never get bored. Like if you're the kind of person that maybe has a little ADHD, you'd probably love this work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every day is different. So. Yeah. What would you say is the, the hard good way? Yeah, the hardest part about your job. Ooh, you know, I mean, so one of the things is, you know, you you can't help everyone. So just like a clergy person at a regular church, you know, learning how to say no has been super important and really mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six people on my counseling wait list right now because I had some other big events and things I was helping with this week. So I have kind mm-hmm. of a backlog of counseling I've got to get back to. Um, but if it's not an emergency, you know, you have to tell them, okay, let's make an appointment for next week and, and you have to make it work. So boundaries are super important, you know, not yeah. taking those 8 PM calls and, you know, when you're already in bed with your husband, when um, somebody maybe just wants to talk about something not so important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, finding those boundaries because your family time is, is crucial to your oh, own well-being yeah. too. Cause Totally. We don't get much time off. So if, if you're going to work, getting up at five in the morning, you're going in for PT, mm-hmm. you're getting home at five, six o'clock on a good day later, mm-hmm. if there's emergencies or something has happened, you mm-hmm. know, that's an hour or two at night with your family. That's not much time. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure that you're, you know, connecting to your spiritual uh, strengths and, and reading your holy text and doing those things to stay grounded Mm. that can be really really tricky if you don't have those boundaries set up so that's been um challenging and and really important mm-hmm. i would say yeah 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 so i when i first started i actually scheduled it in so at zero nine that's when our kind of our office opens in the military if you will at zero mm-hmm. nine i had a half hour where i said okay i don't want anyone disturbing me at zero nine i'm praying right. i'm gonna read inspirational books i'm gonna read the bible Mm-hmm. And I will not be bothered. Well, that's kind of slowly <laughs> dwindled away. I would say <laughs> I really need yeah. to get back to that. Yeah. Um, and when I so Janet Horn that I was just speaking about when we were at that conference, that's how she got through all those years. So you mm-hmm. know, she was she was one of the first army chaplains. There was actually three that kind of came at the same time. One lasted a few months. Mm-hmm. Janet last lasted, you know, the full time. She. Um, you know, got out as I think a full bird, full bird colonel. And then we also had one female air force general mm-hmm. about the same time. But she said it was her spiritual practices that were key. But if you don't stay strengthened in those, right. That, you know, the enemy's going to get you basically. Right. Right. So, right. Um, you know, if you're not feeling grounded in those and people mm-hmm. are coming at you with some pretty crazy stuff in the military, sometimes, you know, you're not going to be able to handle it basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. So just figuring out ways to reconnect. Like for me, just being around other female chaplains has been really empowering. And so mm-hmm. making sure I get um, a little bit of that quality time or, or even other female pastors. Like there's an awesome uh, female pastor I just found on the island over in Kailua. She went oh, to cool. Harvard Divinity and it's um, oh, a joint wow. Presbyterian Disciples of Christ Church. Wow. I just found. Yeah. So I've been there a few times. Um, I actually, my recruiter who just, he's a Lieutenant Colonel chaplain. Um, he just happens to be here on the Island right now. And he told me about the church. And so I went and visited with him a couple of times and um, yes, yeah, so that's been really soul refreshing because you know, you're working all week. And then if you end up doing stuff 
for the military on the weekend. So if you have to do any sort of ministry projects or preach mm-hmm. at a chapel, you can work seven days a week. And mm-hmm. that's, that's mm-hmm. not going to, that's not going to last long term, right? You're mm-hmm. going to burn out. Yeah. So how do you protect your own soul so that you can help strengthen mm-hmm. others? Right. Super important question. So oh my gosh, yes. I just take those little moments where I can't. And sometimes those are a quiet moment on the beach. Sometimes it's getting your nails done. I mean, some, some of those little sure. things, right? Sure. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever it is that helps kind of refresh you. I mean, playing with my mm-hmm. kids, like making sure mm-hmm. I get home early enough before they go to bed so I can just have a little time to play with. My kids are joyful. I mean, they're just full of joy and it feels mm-hmm. straight from God, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So making sure I, I get some of that is uh, is crucial, I think, to my yeah. my well being. Well, speaking of God, one of my other questions is where does where does God show up for you in your work? Mm. You know, my husband told me something early on when I first started this, and so so I'll tell you. So God really brought us together um, right when I was going to get sworn into the military is when I met him, and wow. he believed in my call almost as much as I did. Mm. Right, so. He had been the enlisted soldier out there on the front lines. He fought um, in Iraq for a year. He did mm-hmm. 160 combat missions in one year. Um, got a purple heart, got blown up numerous times. Um, you know, watched a lot of friends pass away, unfortunately, mm-hmm. on the battlefield. And mm-hmm. he knew how crucial it was to have chaplains and kind of that priceless mm-hmm. hope that they were able to offer in those horrible, horrible, life-changing moments for these young men and women. And so it was one of the coolest God moments at my chaplain school was when Lieutenant Colonel Chaplain Gary Fisher walks around the corner and my husband's like, that's my chaplain, starts crying. Gary Fisher starts crying. They're hugging. The wives can't break them up. They're hugging for like 10 minutes. And um, they hadn't seen each other since Iraq. They hadn't, Mm. they'd never gotten any closure. Then they both realized talking that night that that was a really really awful part of the war that year i think that was in 2005 near ramadi mm-hmm. and um really hard on a lot of folks and and most of the time you don't get that closure to go back and kind of work through and process some of the, the awful things that you saw during war and so right. um james and and chaplain fisher got that and when he left that night you know him and his wife were like hey you guys are family now like anything mm. you need let us know and um and that was really powerful but yeah so james you had kind of told me since this all started, like, hey, you know, if you can affect one soldier a day, just just one thing, you know, a listening ear, um, you know, a compliment when everybody else is telling them nothing but crap all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. I'm, I'm one of the only ones sometimes walking around with a smile on my face in my battalion. Trust me. You know, I mean, <laughs> military life is hard. So um, he's like, that, that's all you have to do. He's like, don't put pressure on yourself for these big, grandiose changes. Just just try to help one soldier. So that's why I shoot for. So every day, you know, I'm looking for that, that one opportunity to, and sometimes it's those weird opportunities, right? So sometimes it's something you did not have planned when that soldier's like, Hey man, do you mind going for a walk right now? You know, I just need to talk about whatever it is. And, and you can tell you really affected serious change in that person's life or help mm-hmm. them make some giant decision um, that they really did, didn't have anybody else to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, some of it's obvious. I mean, you know, I'm involved unfortunately with um you know helping suicidal soldiers on a fairly routine basis so Mm. that's obvious you know when you've when you've helped in those situations it's really clear Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not clear till years later right so yeah i saw it with uh sammy davis when he was visiting and there were multiple soldiers at these events here in hawaii who had seen him speak when they were like kids at school 
or when they were private, like 20 years ago in the army, and he came and spoke to them, and he had inspired them, and that was why they were there where they were today at his new program was because he had inspired them to do something more with their life back then, mm. right? So, mm-hmm. how cool is that? And mm-hmm. um, I have a feeling I'm having those moments most days. So you just, you know, you just don't know. And then a lot of times in my neighborhood too, right? So I live on the military base and have some pretty awesome, diverse neighbors. And you know, James and I really have tried to do a good job of building community in our neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, which which is really hard in the military because families are constantly coming and going and we call it PCSing so you only stay somewhere for two or three years and then you have to uproot yourself and make a whole new right. you know army family right we say ohana here in Hawaii so you have to <laughs> make yourself a new ohana wherever you go so mm-hmm. um but you know in Christian circles I hope that we have some sense of trying to establish community and how important that is and mm-hmm. yeah so just you know working on that and I, I think when I would see that happen, like, so when I preached at the chapel recently, I had like 25 people from my neighborhood came. And these are people that do not go to church. Some of them had maybe had never stepped foot in church mm-hmm. and they all came just for me. Oh, that's awesome. Me. And I was like, wow, it was so cool. And then a lot of them asked, Hey, when are you ever preaching again? When can, when can I come back? And mm-hmm. um, so that was really, really powerful. And, you know, you know, a lot of these friends will be friends for life, you know, yeah. even if you're not together. So um, yeah. yeah. So I find God all around me on this, on this post. And, and it's nice because I've had other lives. I've been a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been a bartender. I've been a real estate agent. I've done all these other things. <laughs> and so I really appreciate where I am. I appreciate my young family. I appreciate my neighbors. I appreciate the community. And mm-hmm. I just want to be here. I know this is where God wants me. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for the next best thing or, you know, what else it is God wants me to do. I think God wants me right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's pretty pretty cool to just be able to be present mm-hmm. sometimes I think you know mm-hmm. yeah that's been pretty powerful that's wonderful is there any been anything particularly challenging uh, being a woman doing this work yeah so yeah so the short answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> and I have such a nice more well-rounded view now that I got to be with those other more experienced uh, female chaplains last week from all the different compos yeah but that was just so refreshing and inspiring and oh yeah uplifting and everything yeah it was really amazing um because you said there's not so give people the perspective you gave me of how many female chaplains there are compared to male chaplains sure so i'll tell you so the army is about 19 percent female currently and i I can't tell you all the compos i know maybe the air force has more um the DOD would like to see that reflected in its chaplains. So the DOD mm. would like to see 19% female chaplains also. Gotcha. We're at about 5%. Wow. So okay. if let's say, I want to say there's about 2,000 active duty army chaplains. Yeah. Maybe there's 56 women. Like 56. That's it. Wow. So I'm talking really small n- numbers. So when you get somewhere, like right now, I know in Hawaii, there's at least, let me see here, Maya, Stacy, me. I think there's at least four active duty army chaplains, females on the base or on the garrison of Hawaii right now. That's really exciting to us. We're like, Oh, there's so much sisterhood. This is great. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, and that's pretty rare. I've had friends. Uh, I have a battle by Tiana Morgner and, and she was, she's at Fort Bliss right now in armor. She's working with the armored cavalry. And um, I don't think there's any other female chaplains down there. So it can be, you know, it can be kind of lonely. I mean, you're, 
the biggest thing I heard at the conference was women talking about isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to find camaraderie. A lot of our male peers currently, uh, we are at about, I think a 78% more conservative evangelical male Christian uh, counterparts, which can be very challenging because a lot of these um, counterparts, they might not typically want to be alone with female colleagues. That might be actually something they sign with their denomination. They're not comfortable being on pulpit teams, either because of their own uh, closely held religious beliefs or something their endorser or denomination has told them. Sure. Um, however, in the pluralistic environment of the army, it's not okay to say that you don't want to work with women, right? right. So you can't, you, you're not going to be, you know, the supply guy and say, Hey, my new supply girl, you know, clerk said, well, girl, I don't want to work with her. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get you a new one. No, that's not, yeah, no. <laughs> that's not right. how it works in the army. Yeah. Um, so it can be, yeah, it can be challenging. Um, and like I said before, I just wasn't exposed to it until I was in the military. I, I wasn't around male colleagues that had issues with my call or mm-hmm. seeing me preach or teach or lead. And it's like, uh, Janet Horn and some of the other female chaplains that, you know, were leaders and and breaking the camo ceiling as they call it mm-hmm. with this. Um, we deserve to be trained. So we deserve the right for the training, just like our male colleagues are getting preaching mm-hmm. and teaching and leading. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deserve to follow our calls just like they are. Mm-hmm. Our calls are just as important as theirs. Yes. And when I was at the VA, you know, we worked in pluralistic teams. There was a Mormon on my team. There mm-hmm. was a, a female Catholic lay leader on my team, mm-hmm. um, a UCC pastor. And we all took turns preaching, giving communion together. I saw what real kind of interfaith, you know, ecumenicism um, right. could look like. And it was good. God says it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so I know it's possible. I, I think the army, um, we're still kind of wrapping our our brains around it to a certain degree and, mm-hmm. and trying to do better. Um, I think it can be a little more challenging in some of our chapel communities, but you know, we're working hard um, to make it work. And I think, you know, all my male colleagues really care about the soldiers. We're all trying to do the mm-hmm. same work. Right. Um, it can just be challenging, but we're trying to accommodate our soldiers religious freedom and, and take care of them, mm-hmm. you know, where does ours come into play? And um, when you read the constitutionality of it, you know, I'm not sure that that's always clear. There's a lot of gray areas. So um, I think some of those things will work out, but yeah, it, it could be really challenging. So I'll, I'll tell you a story. That I was shocked to hear that um, it was much, much worse than mine. So um, the female air force general was talking about the first time that a male colleague spit on her mm. and it was, she handled it with such grace. I mean, I'm not sure I could have um, could have handled it the way that she did. Mm-hmm. And she said, how many women in this room, this is two weeks ago, how many women in this room have ever been spit on by a male chaplain colleague? Half the room raised their hand. Oh, my God. Half the room. I couldn't believe it. I just sat Ooh. there with my mouth agape. Yeah. So, obviously, we still have a lot of work to do. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess in some ways it's a dirty little secret, but I, I think that it needs to, it needs to be taken care of. We can do better. Um, we're military officers. We sign, um, codes of conduct. We have ethics, we have oaths. Um, I have never experienced anything like that. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're putting your life online just like the rest of them. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't been shot at in the military, but I, 
I was in Malaysian jungles with live tigers and elephants and all kinds of other crazy stuff. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right. So, you know, yeah, Yeah. there's still work to be done. That was kind of my one aha moment, I guess, where I realized how much work needs to be done. But I also have been on some pretty amazing teams with male colleagues and I have other female chaplain friends that um, have been on amazing teams doing amazing ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, We lost uh, a helicopter recently last year here in Hawaii and Mm -hmm. it was one of my uh, brother teams in the combat aviation brigade, the Mm -hmm. 225. And I helped that chaplain, even though we were from very different denominations, I helped him with that ministry. And I felt like we worked very, very well together when it mattered and did Mm -hmm. amazing ministry for those families Mm -hmm. of the lost soldiers. Um, You know, so I, I don't want people to get the wrong impression. I mean, there's a lot of really great ministry going on, but I think behind the scenes, we still have a few things we need to, (laughs) to work out amongst ourselves. So, um, and God will make that possible just like everything else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your story. Um, I really appreciate the work you do and I really appreciate your service to our country and to our our soldiers in particular. And, that's just a really cool call. I mean, I just, your story is, um, I don't know. It kind of, it takes my breath away a little bit, you know, like it's, it's, Oh, wow. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. You know, really profound. I I do want to say not to be a recruiter, but, but I, I kind of do, you know, there's, there's so much openness, um, right now. I mean, there's really hiring pushes for kind of more progressive and moderate denominations because they're just not joining the military in the ways that, you know, that we would like. So right. uh, we don't shoot weapons. We have mm-hmm. bodyguards that shoot weapons. We military chaplains do not shoot weapons. So I just want to make sure that folks know that. And some of the folks that I'm ministering to are some of the most marginalized groups in our society. So the ministry is rich. There's so much opportunity to really help, um, you know, our brothers and sisters. And I just want to make sure that people are thinking that God might've put this on their heart, that mm-hmm. this is amazing work. And um, the soldiers appreciate us to a degree that I, I almost can't express. So um, I do. I just want to push that out there. So if anyone is thinking about this as a possibility, yes. Um, yes. I, I would highly encourage it. You know, even like it with anything else in, in life, there's always going to be negatives and positives. And I think the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. So I just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. And, you know, I've I've talked to a recruiter myself, so it's something I'm I'm. I'm discerning. I've been thinking about, and as I continue my ordination journey, awesome. I'll, I will be certainly in conversation with you and, um, I appreciate, appreciate your friendship and, um, again, your service and, uh, thanks again, Jen, for sharing your story. You're a true inspiration and a true badass woman in theology. I can't wait to see all the amazing things you do with your ministry and how you help our soldiers and our country with your service. You can follow Jen on Twitter at chjenlane and at loveusveterans. And as always, please rate and review us. Uh, And as always, please rate and review Theosophia on iTunes and visit us at theosophiapodcast.com and theologycorner.net. Have a great week, everyone. Peace.